I think it's safe to say we know what the most popular Major League Baseball team in Japan will be in 2024. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Otani and Yamamoto fans. This is Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, you can call me Sully. How could I get that lower third if that wasn't who I was? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade. I'm about to start my sixth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us on Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. And I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you've got a comment on any of those platforms that I just mentioned, may I recommend that you use the hashtag EverydaySully so I know who's listening to us every single day. A uh, quick reminder that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Before we get going on today's show... Let's uh, go over the trivia question that we had from the other day. Uh, the question was, wait, what was it? the question was about the uh, the Cardinals? And the question was, which Cardinal came off the bench to get a pinch hit RBI single that briefly gave the Cardinals the lead in the infamous Don Denkinger game? In 1985, the answer, uh, Court Stell, John Murphy Jr., a couple of people got it right. The answer was Brian Harper. He pinched it for Danny Cox, drove in uh, Terry Pendleton, and gave him the lead until the disastrous bottom of the ninth inning. Brian Harper would later become a star in the World Series for the Minnesota Twins in 1991. There's a famous shot where uh, Dan Gladden collided with Brian Harper uh, at home plate, and they upended And there you go. That is your trivia question. Okay. God's honest truth. I was sitting down here in the luxurious Sully Baseball locked on MLB studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. And I had set up. I had notes. I had things I had written up for a podcast that I was doing. And the cold open was literally going to be. Well, no Yamamoto news yet, so better talk about something else. And I had a whole podcast with the premise that we are waiting for Yamamoto to sign, so I came up with kind of a fun little uh, uh, bouncy thing that that I'm going to record later tonight anyway and post as an evergreen episode. As I was setting it up, I got a text from my friend Chris who is an everyday Sully, and he said, Yamamoto to the Dodgers. Crumble it up, throw it out, and that was 
six minutes ago. So I am I know virtually nothing except the fact that Yamamoto is signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers are in full scorched earth mode to win another championship. And wow. Uh, first and foremost, if you ever want to know where a player is signing, don't listen to your pal Sully. I'm never right. I thought Otani was going to sign a short-term deal that was going to, that he was going to go two years, show he can pitch again, and then go out and sign, oh, let's just say, a 12-year, $700 million contract. So I said he was going to sign a short deal with the Cubs, then sign a long deal with the Dodgers. I was right that he was going to sign a long deal with the Dodgers. I just thought it was going to be in a couple of years. Wrong. I thought that the San Francisco Giants were going to make the trade for Juan Soto, not the New York Yankees. And I was saying this whole time that I thought the Giants were also going to be the team to sign Yamamoto. Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Did I mention the Los Angeles Dodgers? Uh, this is huge. This is huge. Now, a lot of people I know have been trying to make something of the fact that Yamamoto plays in the Japanese league and he hasn't faced a you know major league pit, you know hitters yet. Uh, we have seen that there have been plenty of Japanese pitchers who have come face the competition there, come over here, done quite well, thank you very much. And some have been, you know, stars. Some have been pretty good. If he is as good as Tanaka was for the New York Yankees during his terrific, what was it, six, seven years? Why didn't the Yankees bring him back? I never understood that. Tanaka always seemed to be a good, solid pitcher there. But anyway, the Dodgers needed a solid pitcher. Guess what? They got one. They absolutely got one. And uh, Yamamoto has signed. Uh, I, I have this up here. This is according to uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN. It's a 12-year deal. So the next 12 years, Yamamoto and Otani are going to be teammates. And Freeman's going to be there for a bunch of the years. And Betts is going to be there for a bunch of the years. <clears throat> hey, Kershaw, just come back and sign a one-year deal just so you can be part of this team. Uh, but Yoshinobu Yamamoto is 25 years old, has been an absolute stud pitching in Japan. Low ERA, high strikeout to walk ratio, uh, an innings eating pitcher. He is exactly what the Dodgers need right now. Exactly. Not a huge contract. That's not what they need right now. They need someone they hand the ball to. If he comes to America and is merely very good, then that is exactly what they need. All he has to eat, I mean, he could be a Cy Young candidate. He could not be. He could be, he could be a bust. He could be great. But all he has to do is be very good. And if he's very good for the duration of this contract, then guess what? Whatever money they're handing out to him doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he is going to have the support behind him. If they get a one or two more arms for their bullpen, 
They'll be doing fine. And suddenly, the Tyler Glasnow situation, where I said, hey, this guy, like Glasnow, very talented pitcher, he's always hurt. What does this solve? I'll tell you what it does. This move suddenly made the Glasnow situation all the all the better. You're not asking Glasnow to be the ace. You're asking him essentially to be a two, three, or four starter at this point. This is a great I look at I take a drink, Australia. This is a terrific move for the Dodgers. And the nanosecond Otani said, I'll defer my fortune. Defer my fortune. I'm going to get so much money in the ad revenues, I'll get two fortunes. And in case I blow all my money on, I don't know, you know, trips to Dave and Buster's, I'm going to still have about $680 million coming my way in my old age. And now they've got Yamamoto. And I'm sure that's what he said. Hey, if if you go for Yamamoto, defer my money. Let's get it. Let's get it done. Because Otani wants to win. Now, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts each have World Series rings already, but they want to add to it. In fact, a lot of the members of this Dodger team have already won a World Series, but it's got that pesky little, you know, that that little woodpecker of, yeah, but it was the COVID year. Yeah, but it was COVID year, which is absurd because that was the – they won the World Series that year. It was a 60-game schedule. It was a weird situation, but that was how they played the World Series that year, and they won it. But if you want to put all that aside, it's kind of like, I hate to bring this up, Dodger fans, but it's kind of like the criticism that the Astros got. Your World Series title is tainted. Your World Series title is tainted. They won in 2022 with all the scrutiny in the world staring in on them. Say what you want about 2017, and I have. Can't take 2022 away from them. And it's like all the Astro haters, of which I am not an Astro hater. I was glad when they won the 22 World Series, especially for Dusty Baker. But you can't take that away from them. And if they win this year, you know the only thing they could say is, yeah, but you signed everybody. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do as a team. But yeah, well, let's we're gonna talk a little bit about how this scorched earth uh, strategy is gonna work for them, and what this means for the rest of the National League. Hey, everybody! It is time to talk a little bit about our friends at FanDuel. You know what? This is the time to join FanDuel because. You get your bonus bets. Right now, new customers can get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Hey, quick reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering, covering, easy for you to say, the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On. 
like Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers, who I'm sure is talking right now, plus national shows like this one covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's talk a little bit about what this means. There was already a tremendous amount of pressure on the Dodgers when they acquired Mookie Betts, and they won. There was even more pressure on them when they acquired Freddie Freeman. Now they've acquired Shohei Otani and Yamamoto in the same offseason. After year after year of churning out 100-win season, 100-win season, 100-win season, they've only, <laughs> excuse me, they've only won one pennant in their 100-win seasons that they've had recently. I mean, think about, pardon me, I had a little bit of a cough there. Think about them. For all their 100-win seasons they've had recently, only one of them went to the World Series. That was the fateful 2017 team. But the they lost to the you know the Nats, they lost to uh, the Braves, they lost to San Diego. Last year they lost to Arizona. They've always found a way to lose to these eh, overachieving October teams. So right now, it is World Series or bust. I hate saying stuff like this, like saying that you know, if you win a hundred games and you just happen to stub your toe against the team, like what happened when the Goose showed up against uh, San Diego. I mean, I, it, they still had a wonderful season that year. But this truly is a World Series or bust situation. And there's a and, – and I'll say it, there's probably a tremendous amount of pressure on Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts came over in 2016. So every year he's been there, they've won the division, except that one year when they won 106 games. And San Francisco won 107 games. But that team got to game six of the NLCS. But there's a lot. If you hand the car keys over to Dave Roberts and he can't pull this off, then that's going to be a huge amount of pressure on him. Now, look. I almost said look it again. I got to work on that. There have been instances of teams that have gobbled everyone up, gobbled everything up within, you know, within arm's reach and not even go to the World Series. There have been instances of teams that when they started making all these big, huge moves that they look like, oh, my God, write them in ink. I can say of all the teams that of the, the 21st century, the greatest pitching staff of any team in the 21st century, including Johnson and Schilling, because they basically carried the whole staff, was the staff that the Philadelphia Phillies had going into the 2011 season. They had acquired Cliff Lee in 2009. They had acquired Roy Halladay in 2010, but they traded away Cliff Lee for reasons unknown. They acquired Roy Oswald in the middle of that season and reacquired Cliff Lee after the 2010 NLCS. The Phillies went into 2011 with Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Roy Oswald, Cole Hamels, 
you know, Joe Blanton was their number five starter. Now, Joe Blanton wasn't a great pitcher, but he was a, he was a good major league pitcher, and he was their number five starter. Cole Hamels was an all-star who was a World Series and NLCS MVP. He was their number four starter that year. It was the single greatest pitching staff of the 21st century. You, you name a better starting rotation than that one. And remember, the late Roy Halladay never pitched in a World Series. The Phillies were upset by San Francisco in 2010. I mean, the Giants were very, very good in 2010. So, I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, an egregious upset like 2011 when the Cardinals who backed into the postseason only because the Braves collapsed. And it looked like it was going to be a sweep at one point when they were, you know, the Phillies were up one nothing and had a big lead in game two. It's like, oh, my God, this is this is done. And St. And St. Louis wound up winning that and going all the way to the World Series title. There are times when a team write them in ink as a World Series winner that they don't come through. Uh, that was the 2011 Phillies. That same year, the Red Sox made a bunch of big moves, especially the acquisition of Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford. And there were people saying, is this going to be the greatest Red Sox team of all time? The answer to that question was no. As the team absolutely collapsed down the stretch in one of the biggest face plants in Red Sox history, which is saying something. There have been times when teams start piling up the All-Stars. In 1999, a star-studded Dodger team that already had a bunch of stars like uh, Gary Sheffield on the squad made Kevin Brown the biggest paid player in baseball. And remember, Kevin Brown at the time was a legitimate Cy Young Award candidate. And manager Davey Johnson said, even the village idiot could win with this team. Well, maybe they should have hired him because that giant, that, uh, sorry, that Los Angeles team fell far short of winning the division that was won by Arizona that year. There have been times when teams look like, oh, this isn't even fair, fall short. When the Braves had the best starting pitching staff in baseball after losing the 1992 World Series, they added the best pitcher in baseball in Greg Maddox. They didn't go to the World Series that year. There are times when the team that looks like, oh boy, this isn't even fair, falls short. There have been times where teams just said, heck with it all, we're going to grab everything we can, and they do, and they win. The 04 Red Sox were that way. The 09 Yankees were that way. In an odd way, the 97 Marlins were that way. Where they went on an absolute supermarket sweep spending spree in 1997 and wound up winning it all and then dismantling it before the parade ended. There are precedents for teams to go on the scorched earth and have it pay off. Believe me, Yankee fans are thrilled they went on the shopping spree that brought in CeCe Sabathia, Mark Teixeira, and A.J. Burnett before the 2009 season. Before you poo-poo, including A.J. Burnett in that group, remember Burnett got some huge wins in the postseason for the Yankees, which to date is their last pennant and championship. Stacey Gotsoulias of Locked on Yankees continuously begs the Yankees to go on another shopping spree. Well, they... They did make a great move for Soto, but didn't get Otani, didn't get Yamamoto, and for that matter, they didn't get Machado, and they didn't get Freeman, and they didn't get Harper. 
So here we go. Yes, the Dodgers are the prohibitive favorites. But the fact of the matter is, it's not guaranteed. And the team that I thought was going to sign Yamamoto has to do something pretty quickly. Allow me to reiterate that Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Day is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. I really thought the Giants, who clearly have money that they want to spend, that I thought they were going to sign Judge or they were going to, they went in big on Correa. I really thought Yamamoto was, they were going to just give him everything. And apparently they made a nice pitch for Otani. But it didn't work out. And I'm going to do the mantra that I've had whenever I brought anyone on. When I want to talk to Millard, when I talk to, you know, Ben Kasovic of Locked On Giants, when I talk to, you know, Javi Reyes, when I talk to Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. Don't worry about the Dodgers. Dodgers are going to win somewhere between 100 and 115 games this year. I feel pretty safe about that prediction. And by the way, if I were Clayton Kershaw, right now I'd say, ah, just resign me. Just resign me. Just so I'm on this team. Because it's going to be one of the great Dodger teams of all time. Eh, you want to suit up and be in uniform for it. Now, the Giants have to do something. What I said to everyone before, what I said to all those hosts before was, don't worry about the Dodgers. Just get your 90 wins. Punch your card. Try to pull a Nationals, Diamondbacks, Phillies, and fight your way up through the playoff system. And yeah, even if it says a wild card, and hope you can catch the Dodgers napping. Take your chances in the postseason. Don't worry about L.A. And the Giants have to do that. What they should do right now is sign Blake Snell. I mean, that's what that, that's what it is right now. Uh, do I think Blake Snell is a great pitcher? Well, he's a two-time Cy Young Award winner, and he's he was very good. Obviously, he was excellent last year, and I think he would pitch very well. Thank you very much in San Francisco. Uh, you know, if I were the Giants, I would be looking to sign another pitcher for the you know for the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers should also think about Sean Manaya or a couple other sort of under-the-radar pitchers just to fill out their rotation a little bit. But the Giants have to do something. because, And, you know, they're going to have pitchforks and torches if they do nothing. The Giants weren't a bad team last year. They actually contended into September. But they fell short. And remember, for the last two years, the, the, the team on the caboose, the final playoff spot in the National League, has won the pennant. So this notion of, oh, they fell short. Yeah, but so what? It would have been the third wildcard team. Yeah, the team that went to the World Series. So a little frustration. Like, you know, could we have just been better than the Diamondbacks? And that's the mentality they have to have. If I were the Giants, I would resign Mania because I think the Dodgers just try to swipe them too and bring in Snell and just try to put together a decent enough, you know, with, you know, they already have some good starting pitchers as it is right now. Just sign a couple of hitters. They don't have to be superstars. 
just be better than average and bring in Snell to be a big stud in your rotation. And boom, you have a decent shot at 90 wins. Look at It's going to be brutal for Giant fans seeing the all-star team that is being assembled in Los Angeles. But that shouldn't distract them. The playoffs are still possible. And with that comes the pressure that the Dodgers are under. Think about the pressure the Dodgers are under. If they are not the team celebrating at the end of the World Series, this season will be considered a failure. And if you are playing the Los Angeles Dodgers in the postseason, there is no way that anyone would go to FanDuel and put money on you because guess what? You are going to be the underdogs and probably not going to win. So that kind of pressure could backfire against L.A. Probably won't. Dodgers will probably get win it all. And I kind of hoping they do or at least get to the World Series because I'm in Pasadena and while I'm not a Dodger fan, I like going to World Series games. And it was tough for me last year to get a ticket if I wanted to go to Arizona or Texas. So here we go. The rest of the NL West, don't worry about the Dodgers. Let them do what they do. Your job's going to get to October. And Dodgers can I say? He keeps surprising us. And Yamamoto, thank you for getting this done before Christmas. And thanks for uh, Jeff Passon for posting it before I recorded my Evergreen show. So there we go. Oh, let's do today's trivia, which is uh, based around another Japanese starting pitcher. And I'm going to phrase this carefully. Who was the first Japanese-born pitcher to pitch in the postseason for a team that won the World Series? Who was the first Japanese-born pitcher to pitch in the postseason for a team the year they won the World Series? That is your trivia question. Put it down here uh, on YouTube, or you can put it at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. And remember, I am your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Ringing out the news of Yamamoto signing just before Christmas time. Hope you're having a nice Christmas, Dodger fans and Giant fans. Uh, Is that Cole? This has been Locked On MLB for the shortest day of the year, but a long one for Dodger fans. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.